Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Chris D. Santana here at MJ Taylor, and that's Melanie, our principal solicitor. Hello. It's been a couple of weeks. We've had a lockdown in between. We've we have. had some big changes into the the, uh, the act. We it's have. been a pretty busy time, actually. It's been a busy time for employment, which mm-hmm. is all. You know, I've done a admission over uh, the. Oh, last yeah, you did. I did you... for my best mate. It was um, a lot more nerve wracking than I thought it would be. If for, the, completely honest with for those who have watched our podcast before, a couple, a few, maybe a month ago or so, Chris, yeah. talk, we, Chris and I were talking about the admissions generally, and yeah. now it's happened. So I've done it for him. Um, so what it was is, it's you, you say like two sentences, <laughs> yes. and they, they give you a script. Yeah, it's a script. Script <laughs> two sentences, and you, it's perfectly normal to just have the script right in front of you, read it like a, yeah, like you're in class. Um, but something about it was just so much more nerve wracking than. <laughs> any other court man I've ever done, <laughs> despite the fact that you probably speak for 20 seconds tops. Have you ever heard of anybody be kind of heckled? Have you ever well, heard? Not so much heckled, but I caught up with with a, another lawyer that I know and he was telling me, he was doing one um, two months ago, in, in earlier in the year, and um, I don't know if you had ever seen it, but you're allowed to, sometimes you're allowed to do like you have to add a little bit to that. Like a family member or something like that? Well, or... they didn't... It started out as apparently as the family member. They would say something like, <laughs> like um, I'm moving Joe Bloggs, who is my brother, you know, and I'm very close. Then it kind of moved on and people kind of continued to add stuff. Um, and it was Joe Bloggs, my brother. I know that he's a fit and proper person. He does X, Y, and Z. And then it kind of... You can see whether there's a bit of a slippery slope here. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this happened two months ago, and you know this poor gentleman had no reason to to realise what he was doing was wrong because everyone else had done it before him. And he goes to he starts getting into the bit of the rubbish. The, yeah, the yeah, a bit of background story. Yeah, no, just that. we've been friends for blah. Yeah, That's yeah, guy. He, yeah. Does, yeah, he yeah, yeah, volunteers okay. here and here. The Chief Justice just cuts him off. <laughs> just cuts him off, says, you know, is, does he have the recommendation on board? <laughs> does he have the recommendation? It was, oh, yeah. And he's admitted. And, and the day later, a practice direction apparently came out that said, basically, keep the script. Wow. And I thought, that poor guy... He is the guy. He had. He just was on the wrong day, wrong place, wrong time. He, he is the guy. And this, this is a little bit like the Emmys, right? Where they start turning down the microphone and <laughs> letting the music go. It was go absolutely really that. I mean, I kind of get where they get coming from, um, but it, it's it's needless to say when I did it, no one even <laughs> added the family member stuff. And I know that the lady next to me had it was her sister. Um, None of that. Just, wow. Just, everyone stuck right to the script. Wow. Um, but I can tell you that I was I was pretty nervous through through the thing and something little... about something about having because I'm quite close to this family and mm. his family was there and just I think this pressure was just a bit more than, than normal. It's it's a little bit like wedding speeches, isn't it? Mm. You've got this kind of thing that gets often recorded. And you don't be you don't want to be that guy. You don't. You really don't. And if you were to say a speech at someone else's wedding, so like as in someone you didn't care about, mm-hmm. 
and like you're just doing it on behalf of them, you wouldn't care. No. It would be the easiest speech on yeah. earth. You do it really well, it'd be great. Because it's your kind of, um, it's because you're, you yeah, mean yeah, something to yeah, you. you know? Yeah, you want it to be absolutely perfect. And it just makes it that bit harder. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, so that was that was really nice. So that's happened and obviously with that lockdown, but uh, what's been going on? Well, let's think. We've, like you said, we've got all this other stuff going on. I've had a pretty slow time of it. We, um, as you guys know, we've got puppy in the office, and we've got the two cats. And there's a One little bit of yeah. So you probably saw uh, Chewy wandering around earlier. Um, yeah. Schrodinger might make it's a bit it of a Where's Wally situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can point to it throughout the episode, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Schrodinger might make an appearance at some point. Um, I was. Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, the lockdown, yeah. and I was thinking about how um, for Australians, uh, New Zealand has opened up with what we call a travel bubble. Yeah. And I, had a, I read a case, a case came up a couple of weeks ago, and I read it again today, mm. where a lady who owned a farm in New South Wales made an application for trespass <laughs> Um, for the raft planes that were going overhead. Apparently she had, um, when she got, when she first moved in, there were like 30 planes a week. Yeah. Which probably was a, quite tolerable, right? It's like, it's I don't a, know. A, a couple of days. Yeah, five or so a day, yeah. maybe. Um, <laughs> there were 500. <laughs> and look, I can sympathise with this lady. That is a big increase. <laughs> actually sympathise with that. Like, there must be noisy, right? These planes like fly low. Quite yeah, well, often. that's that. That'd almost be, it'd be constant, like a, right? Like, like that'd be so regular. It's almost. It'd constant. be like a plane landing on top of you almost every every <sighs> ten minutes, right? Ooh, so, ooh. I didn't do the math. Someone out there might be able to do the math. But look, I think five hundred is a lot. So she uh, she got she, she sent them cease and desist notices like <laughs> out the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, and um, let me guess, they didn't. Stop 500 flights. There wasn't any response, obviously. (laughs) And this reminds me of going back to law school, and someone out there is going to tell me I'm wrong, but from memory, there wasn't, you got no right to a vista, you got no right to sunlight. Yeah, they don't do the, the the former approach was this crazy thing where you, um, your right to the land was from your plot to the very center of the earth, like in the E, and then out into the, I don't know. Woohoo! Are we talking about galaxies here? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> to, to, the, to the sky above, I think the language was, wasn't it? Yeah, to the heavens. Or so, whatever. yeah, it's... Um, that is not the case anymore. No, no, no. And, uh, of course, someone out there will tell me I'm wrong. But So, I was thinking about this, and, and what had happened, she she then filed, I don't know if you heard about this, she, mm. said, she then filed in the um, in the state court. Yeah. And the the... Australian government, on behalf of RAF, mm. made an application to strike out. Mm. So they didn't, and so they heard that, obviously, and it got struck out because you have no right to airspace. Airspace, yeah, yeah. and it is. It yeah, is. I think it's. I think it's as long as it. You have a right to the land as long as it doesn't impede your enjoyment of the land or something. Well, no, they. I think they judge. I mean. I have to go back and think about this a bit closely. It wasn't that 
in fact, that wasn't a factor. You're quite enjoyment because apparently that's got something to do with a contractual right. You oh. know, when you when you lease a property, yeah. you have quiet enjoyment, so yeah. on and so forth. The the city council gives you quiet enjoyment yeah. of your property, uh, but only because by virtue it's a city council and that's the mm. bylaw and so on and so forth. But yeah, this woman didn't have any rights. <laughs> that's they dismissed the application. So basically, she was ordered to pay ninety five percent of the costs. From memory. Wow, that's that's harsh. I mean, but she did, if she doesn't have a claim, she doesn't have a claim. Apparently, she had a number of actions in this application. So a lot of which probably had no basis. All of them had no basis. And they so said you there can't was no, just throw the mud at them. Yeah, and they said there was no basis under the UCPR, which was really interesting. This got me thinking about Brisbane. Mm. Brisbane, for those of you who don't know, Brisbane a couple of years ago now maybe opened up a new runway. Now this caused some distress for those suburbs that didn't ordinarily have a flight path. And what what appeals to my sense of humour is a lot of these suburbs that didn't ordinarily ordinarily have a flight path were often affluent mm. suburbs. So now they have a flight path and there's been a number of complaints about the noise. And what, what kind of cracks me up is in the last year we've had practically no planes. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a lot quieter, you know. But they've still got, you know, they're like still that. doing all this stuff. And uh, it did occur to me, why haven't they just started something? It's because they can't. There's no, no legal not. action to be had. There's just a lot of conversations and niceties around no, us. It's, um, I happen to live in one of those suburbs. Do you really? Tell me all about it. It's, is it, it is, without being a complainer, it is, it is fairly noisy. But I'm kind of of the view that, it's too late to make that kind of complaint. Like, you should have made it. If before you're going to make they, a complaint about should have this made it before anything, they built the this thing. is anything about any complaints about literally anything. You, I think you need to always think about what could possibly be done, and mm. they can't move the airport. You know, the, the runway is. I mean, it costs billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. You can't just nudge it a little bit and, and hit someone else's suburb. So, what are you actually <laughs> asking for? And quite honestly, but it's a flight path. It's all about the winds, right? It is, it is, but I think it just comes back down to, this should have been argued years ago, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, I think you probably find that it probably was, and they were just, they, so and the argument was, was unsuccessful. But I mean, one of the things as well for those suburbs, they've become, and this is why I don't think the complaint as much, they've honest, a lot of them have become affluent, probably post that, if right. I'm thinking about timeline. So we're looking at suburb, Nanda, for instance. They've, they've. You know, they've only become, I mean, Tenerife only became nice, you know, 20 years ago, yeah, which is okay. probably post-dates it. So every single person that lived there, developed there, bought there, had, had they done some digging, they would have known this. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not crazy. For those I mean, of you who don't know, the Brisbane airport is in, within about 10 kilometers of the city CBD. Mm. So as you can imagine, uh, most of the affluent um, suburbs mm. are within 10 miles yeah. of the um, the Brisbane CBD so has the plane has to go over something yes yeah. Brisbane is a uh, an ocean city mm. and for but the interesting thing is the only thing that comes from that ocean is New Zealand so yeah. so they wouldn't and, and normally they wouldn't fly over the ocean because all of Australia is on the other side of us so yeah. it'd, be, and, it'd be rare right um, 
I think one of the issues I do have, and we saw it when um, we've been flying in and out of Mackay a lot, uh, not Mackay, um, Emerald. Emerald a lot, is, and I've sort of, you know, now that I've a bit of a vested interest in it, yeah. um, seeing the kind of flight path they mm. take, and they do take, um, they sort of fly directly north to south of Brisbane, which is pretty well over everyone. Yeah. And then they take a very sharp turn mm. pretty much around South Bank. They do. You, know, city, you, almost, you almost go over the city. Yeah, almost. Yeah, you yeah. sort of go near the it's very kind close. Of Indrapillion and you yeah. go back. And um, my issue is that I think that's, they're doing that and it's, it's they can, which means they're lower to the ground when they are yeah. near these suburbs. Um, and I've done a bit of digging about it, Ooh. and a lot of it is to do with the fact that it's that's the cheapest way of doing it. Well, I assume that's the correct. It's the cheapest way, and you got to think airlines are probably struggling a little bit financially. They can probably push the envelope a little bit when it comes to you know, okay. your, your okay. inbound. Which so do you get like you live in the you live in one of these flight paths that people mm. are complaining about? So do you get paraphernalia in your letterbox about it? God, yeah. Really. It is Can you a bring some in? I'd be hot storm. Fascinating to see what people are saying about this. Uh, they formed they formed a committee. Like, really? The, anyone in the area could have applied to join this committee. <laughs> um, and it's it's hot fire. Like it is. They've <laughs> they've stirred a hornet's nest in that area. That is fascinating because um, for those who don't know, Chris lives in an area mm. um, which is highly built up. Most of it is uh, barely any houses. Yeah, no houses and lots and lots of um, uh, what do you call them? Unit buildings. Units. I mean, they're not they're not high rises, but you make no. four or five stories. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a it's a you know it's one of these places. If you own a car, you're going to have troubles parking it and so on and so forth. You learn to ride a bike, like right? yeah. Um, but no, it is. It's a hot storm. Like it. Wow. Everyone there talks about it. Like well, you go to the cafe, they're talking about it. There's a dog park, they're talking about it. Always. And like the fact that it's now just called the noise. No. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you don't have to be specific about it. The People noise. just know what you're talking about. Did you hear the noise over the weekend? Yeah, oh wow. I can't believe the I noise. I can't believe the noise. It was it you know, it woke me up at eleven thirty last night. That Some, sort there's of a lot of exaggerating going on. Like it's just it's just I mean you're in an inner city suburb. Yeah. I'm kind of with the view. Surely that. it's noisy all the time. And and almost everyone there lives in in what I would call community mm. living, you know, close quarters of some yeah. description. Yeah. yeah noise is so all you've got to do is is quieten your television, you can hear your next door neighbours. Yeah. Right. Um that's just part of it's living fascinating. in that area. I, I lived in Ipswich for a mm. while and there are no planes going over Ipswich. It's not the right spot. So my house wasn't in the right spot no. for a, and if they were they were very, very high so you couldn't hear them. But I live now in a suburb called Cannon Hill. Mm. And that was the usual flight path. Yeah, you, now, you come out of the flight path. I moved to Cannon Hill after um, mm. the worldwide pandemic. So the airlines had stopped, this is Chile by the way, the airlines had stopped doing a lot of work. So yeah. I actually don't know what it's going to be like when it all goes back to normal. Um, but it doesn't seem to affect anybody's desire to live in Cannon Hill. Well, that's, when, when this all sort of started kicking off in the new airport I built, that's what was being said from the, albeit from the airport corporation. Yeah, BAC. <laughs> they were saying that, it, you know, it, they've done studies in, with other mm. um, runways and it's never affected 
house prices because that's really where people are concerned yes. about. I mean, I know it's annoying, but really what people are concerned about is the house prices. Is the house prices. Um, and they just said it's never been the case, but I kind of find that hard to believe. Well, but, I, I mean, I the proof is probably in the pudding. I just. I think you're right. Um, when I was looking, we, my husband and I were looking for a house probably for about 10 or 12 months. Yes, I remember. <laughs> it was super fun. <laughs> uh, but we, it wasn't even on our radar to make it an people issue. just don't consider it? It wasn't, it wasn't on our radar. And when we started talking to people um, about where, you know, suburbs were, yeah, none of them said, oh, Cannon Hill, I wouldn't go there, it's a flight path. Not, even people outside of Cannon Hill mm. didn't say that. And the people in Cannon Hill didn't make it a factor either. So it wasn't even, it really wasn't on our radar. It's just not a factor. No, I mean, we do hear the planes as you But, but it's not do. a factor when people are... Buying, just wasn't. I suppose when you think about it, when you go to buy a place, you maybe go see it two or three times, if that. I mean... There might not be a plane going over. There might not be a plane that comes well, over. Well, even if there was a plane going over, I don't think you there was... You could be distracted. You're well, it wouldn't have stopped me. What, there were places that we looked at, and my husband is a massive noise snob. He <laughs> hates car noise. He hates... Okay. He just hates it. He's a, he's a Londoner, and he wants... He's a Londoner, and he's still... He anyway. wants quiet now. If he wanted noise, he'd go back to London. Yeah, he likes, oh, okay, okay, he, he, likes he likes quiet. So we looked at a lot of houses and we'd open the back door and be like, yeah, I can hear the road. Chink. And off we go. Yeah. Like he was a massive noise snob. But these planes just don't even seem to affect him. So it's very, I think it's very, it might be one of the, you know how we hear about confirmation bias? I was just thinking that. I'm wondering if it just hypes everyone up and it just gets more and more annoying because it becomes it, ticky. Because everyone's annoyed about it you get it's it might i mean maybe because i don't think i really noticed it before i started getting the pamphlets in the, in the, in the mail <laughs> well that was the idea of the pamphlets chris it just pissed everyone off i think um it just kind of made you more aware of it and then but yeah look i think it's a stop on the tea cup well maybe maybe not i mean they seem to be i don't know i don't know what i don't know what they're going to achieve well aren't they trying to achieve that the planes don't go over at certain parts of the day. Aren't they just trying to compromise at this point? Is there a compromise here to be had? Yeah, I mean, I mean what they're the trying compromise to probably is you know, after 7 o'clock. What, what actually pisses me off about this is if, if this works, all you need to do is get enough people involved and you get to screw somebody else's suburb. Well, that's one of them as well. So what are you going to do with the... So it's not much of a Benthamite kind of... Oh, God, okay. that's... You know, the good oh. of all people... When we learnt about all the different, like, you know, utilitarianism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one that I ever bought into that I thought actually had any widespread um, kind of application was, I think it was something called um, uh, self-egoism. Mm. Basically, the thing you should do when any ethical dilemma is to just do what's best for you. Okay. Um, and the point being, if everyone just does this, somehow it just... It evens out. And it, it evens it out. Right. Because what is best for you is often what's best, what's best for everyone. It, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, the classic, like, train, you know, so you've got a train, it's, there's two, pe you know, two people on, on, um, on the tracks, and you can kind of pick which one to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've yeah. got a group of five people, and you've got a group of one. Ah, but yes. the one person is your grandmother. Yeah, the dilemma, yeah. You know, you wipe tell her as it says, wipe out your grain. <laughs> this yeah. one just says, wipe out the five because you don't care about the five. No. 
But it also goes, to be fair, it does also go into a bit more depth that it says maybe for you, you should still hit your granny because your guilt True. will be such. Or your future wife or, yeah, you know, know, or, or that guy that was going to give you that job that was going to get you to that position. Yeah. So, and it basically said also this is the only thing that humans are actually able able to kind yeah, of Yeah, I still think making a giant committee with a bunch of people <laughs> in an affluent area to to guilt or or pop you know get the politicians on board to to screw a different suburb who doesn't maybe aren't so affluent and therefore doesn't have enough pull is somewhat distasteful mm. you're asking for mm. people who are who have the contacts to be able to Create. I don't know too many suburbs that could actually form a committee. Yeah, that that can create, you know, that can create the change to make their mm. suburb better at the detriment of somebody else's. Mm. Um, and you know, this is that, and it creates a divide that makes it even a deeper divide between the rich and poor, oh, gotcha. the have and have not. Because it also, and I, I don't think that's right as a society. No, and I don't think it hits the right people. Like, mm. I don't think that sort of thing will ever land on the desk of someone who makes any difference yeah maybe maybe not i don't yeah. know a lot of these people might have influential friends who can influence something you got to be pretty powerful don't know i actually to, don't to, know. to change a flight path would be massive well that would like be we're talking biocchi peterson but level uh, yeah of, i don't think they're trying to change flight paths i think they're trying to make the planes yeah fly more often in a different space than mm. their space Look, I don't know. I just I was thinking about this lady in New South Wales who basically got her action kicked out for because there's no right to it, and it, it occurred you to me. Have to have some sympathy for her. Oh, I have absolute sympathy for but her. She was she was making these complaints that she she actually made it. She actually charged them. She had a liquidated debt. She tried to make this a liquidated debt. <laughs> what? what, what, what <laughs> I, didn't go into it because of course you didn't get the hearing. But no. what they said is she she asked for like a hundred grand. It was mm. it was a, it wasn't. A rounded figure yeah. and it was calculated based on how many planes go over somehow so she would calculate the planes per day so she was really invested in this and I just wonder if this is this is not healthy like like you Gosh. get all this paraphernalia you get involved every time a plane goes over you go oh you know I mean how's this healthy it's not it's it, it's 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 confirmation theory to its absolute worst <laughs> where you know once you see something that you don't like you hone in on it yeah, and see, you can't I, not I, I, see I, I, it yeah. and, or you can't not hear it yeah or, i mean there's lots of things like it could be the dog next door once you start getting pissed off that's it you you can't not hear it, it. it's it's a bigger issue mm. yeah look i get it i feel uh, we all have our things for me here at uh, mjt law it's uh members of the public using our parking spaces yes when they're yes. not We've had a particular problem with this lately yes that's kind of my pet peeve and mm. i just go i i lose objectivity <laughs> in these matters mm. and i just go shouldn't be there lock it up and you know perhaps there, there's a different reason why <laughs> and i go home <laughs> so, yeah so you know everyone has it's a pet peeve everyone has these things but fortunately this doesn't happen every moment of every day but planes planes, planes are going to be a real problem for somebody i wonder though so she, in order to do what she's doing, she is sitting at home, yeah, like tallying five hundred of these a yeah, week or something. Complaining that it's bothering. It's something to do with stopping her, because she's a farmer. 
stopping her farm animals from being able to do what they do in order for her to make money. Now I can't okay. remember no, I can't talking. remember whether it's like chickens not laying eggs or cows not making babies. I don't I actually don't know what it so was. There's an added element that she, wouldn't usually affect She's most arguing planes. that, you know, these 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 animals are, are being affected by the planes. And I can tell you that my cats have taken a very long time to get because I ride my cats to work on my bicycle. Mm. And when a really loud truck goes by really close, yeah. they're really uncomfortable. So, you know, it's, it's not like... Have, I mean, that does that part of... Unfortunately for her, I think to, to your person on the street, if you can, if you can prove that I don't know, chickens don't lay eggs when with a certain amount of decibels or something like that, um, to your average person on the street, that would seem like a perfectly fine claim. Like, I can see where she fell down on, but yeah, she's. You can see something is happening to her. It's out of her control, it's which nervous. is causing her a kind of financial issue. Yeah. But I can. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's it's just a. It's just one of those quirky cases that come up from time to time. I was reading about how oh, there is a app that people were playing, and you could play with other people i'm really sorry this is mm. night night stand or firefox or something like that anyway there's this app yeah. that everyone's getting into at the moment they've sold like three million things of it yeah. and the company is an australian based company so it's a it's an australian designed game mm. they wanted their app to go onto apple so other people could play it mm. And Apple imposed a particular way of purchasing this product and also imposed a 30% fee for it. So if you pay $1.99, they get 30% yeah. of it. And they took it, they want, they took it to the, um, and it was uh, from the consumer sort of credit yeah. code argument that it was anti-competitive and so on and so forth. And it was just, you know, you just look at these cases and they're such outliers. Because what happened in this one is the justice that heard it was completely scathing that the that he had to put a, a, a stay on the application so the matter could be considered in a, um, in a Californian court to decide whether Australian law could, could apply in the yep. situation. And what the judge said was basically, uh, you know, it's appalling because what it does is it removes the high court from the equation and it shouldn't it does, it does, in this yeah. case and but he but he gave the stay anyway because there was no legal way not to it's almost that this situation does happen it might be surprising but you do just get blank spots of the law where it's just yeah it just isn't they're fascinating. So, you know, I was, I, you know, just this, this outlier cases that get out, like this woman in New South Wales and this, these poor guys that run this app, and somebody out there is going to email me like a thousand times and say, it's this app. But yeah, I can't remember what it's called. No, it's, it's, it's madness. It's madness. So, yeah, um, what's up? Anything so, else going on? I've been looking at the, you know, I watch the news fairly often, and <laughs> I saw this story about that Coles and Woolworths are, um, yeah, they're saying that they are going to introduce some new kind of algorithms with their self-checkout that's going to um, mean that, you know, less people steal or, or you know, From I, think I think it's still theft when, when you put something as a, you know, you, you grab a, you know, punnet of, of 
you know, strawberries and you put it as um, a potato or something. Well, there was, there was, a, there was a lady that did that. Um, she had all these barcodes that she put onto stickers and then sat there and put all these sticker barcodes on so it looked like she was scanning it, but it was all 10 cent items. God, somebody actually, just on a completely separate oh, that's, that's really I have seen someone at the, at the store once. Um, have you noticed that a lot more stuff is packaged? Like, yes. It may not be package package but it's like in yeah. a plastic wrap with yeah. a barcode yeah um and it's already pre-weighed yeah and i think it is because i I've, I've seen someone she had a um a, a melon or something no it was i don't know what you call it as a collective but a thing of grapes you know, right, a vine something. of grapes yeah and bunch a bunch here you go don't send emails and what do you call a collective <laughs> amounts of grapes yeah. um and she was individually picking off the grapes and putting them into a bag, um, like a plastic bag, because you didn't want to pay for the stalks. You know, the, the I don't know how much that must weigh, but the stalks, and here doing it, it must, and I thought, wow. I mean, it doesn't, it, I'm not even sure that was illegal, but it felt it. It just, it felt really not right. And I can see why they've now That's moved. It's weird though. <laughs> it is I can imagine if someone's got something in there and they put it on and they just hold it slightly. So it weighs it less, maybe. There's tricks to it. <laughs> Although they're, they're quite good with that because now um, when you, if you do that and you put it in there, because you know they're both weighed. Yes, so when which you put is it, my pet peeve, but anyway. Unfortunately, people have ruined it because I don't know if you remember when they first brought them in, mm. um, they were really nice to use because mm. it didn't have all these things that you mm. could like, it was really mm. quick. And, Anyway, the point of this was, yes. kind of had me thinking about what, you know, it used to be. So, you know, before automatic, you know, we used to go to the checker and there was, you know. There was a person there. Johnny, he's 16, he yeah. works, you know, he's a local. Yeah. Um, there were far less employees. And that's what I was sort of thinking was, how quickly, such a big part of, especially for young people, um, mm. an employer has and I haven't seen the stats. Cut like thirty. It would, their grand. cut would have been yeah. huge, um, and you got to think that would happen in other industries as mm. well. More and more, mm. you know, it's also happening in Kmart, it's yeah. Target, all of those yeah. stores. Um, and I just sort of think how different um, kind of our jobs have become. Where you know, it's not so menial. It's it's. Yeah, I, so you I, mean, I don't think because unemployment hasn't gone down. No, it hasn't. This is this is another you know following on from this. I was yeah. watching the news this morning. There was some there was a guy on it. There, there's a lot of discussion at the moment about how overseas workers were propping up the economy and the transient jobs, and yeah. one of the arguments that a that's been made to find staff is stop paying them so little, <laughs> just pay them more because. Because if you've got an overseas worker, I think you're actually lawfully allowed to pay them less depending on the job that they're doing than an Australian worker. There are worker. some so carve-outs. There are some carve-outs for, um, for visa workers mm. on these two-year working visas mm. and stuff like that. And look, personally, I don't think that's right. I think everyone should be earning the same amount of money if there's a standard, yeah. if there is a standard amount of money to earn, then that should apply. Still, they, the person still lives in the same society. So they also, be. they're not less of a person. They're mm. still a human being doing that job. Mm. Just because an Australian student, they, the Australian gets mm. more money, that just seems very disproportionate. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a really interesting. Argument. Everyone's going, oh well, if we had a, if we had all these overseas workers, it wouldn't, you know, we would have the work and people would be doing it. I'm like, yeah, but 
what about the Australian workers? If you paid them more, they might yeah, do the do job. It. I'm not sure there is a direct correlation. I don't, yeah, I don't think there is a direct correlation. But it can't hurt. But I wouldn't have thought. I think this, these people were complaining specifically about some of these um, uh, towns that are made purely on tourism. Mm -hmm. So you might have somebody there for a month and it's all cafe workers mm -hmm. and, you know, that sort of thing. So you would think that if you were able to, there would still be people moving around doing that transit work. Or that wouldn't be so transit. You might find somebody in Early Beach, for instance, mm. to do the job that you would normally pay someone half the price to do if they were from over. Do you know what I mean? I think the problem with those, I think it's, it's almost too simplified because towns like that, the, the clientele or the- This is Schrodinger, by the way, everyone. The clientele or the customers are transient because it's seasonal. It's, you know, but so are the staff. Yes. So, uh, you know, let's say this broad numbers, it takes a thousand employees in the entire town to satisfy the demand. Yeah. Um, you know, 500 of them might be doing equally <laughs> as transient. You know, they're, they're coming. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a working holiday, whether they may be foreign or, or Australian. Um, so it's not, it's not, you can't just say, well, now, well, we've got all these jobs for locals because the locals don't live there and, and I don't think people are going to just up and leave. Also, the locals probably have jobs. They're probably they're the other $500 because that's why they live there. Yeah, they're doing something else. Yeah, look, I, I don't know the answer. Oversimplified but it kind of, it's kind of interesting how, like, what you, I guess what you're bringing up is employment has changed yeah. or is changing and it's changing for a number of reasons. One of them is innovation and we all yeah. know that. And, and that will never stop. And that will never stop. Um, they reckon that you know, 90% of a paralegal's job can be done by a computer, mm. which I'm really sorry, paralegals, but they're probably right. Yeah, Fortunately, our job, only like 20% of our job can be done by a computer. But all... Right. I'm, I'm not so certain about that. Well, I don't know. That, I mean, I know there's that guy in, in England who's created this, this uh, robot to do debt claims, but... You know. I think it's more so that it's there's more resources out there. I think, you know, we've spoken about this, that certainly in law, um, I think the work is becoming harder. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if we look at all industries, Australia has a huge mm. um, energy resources space. Yeah. But time is moving and innovation is moving where the underground mines will be automated. Yeah. All of them will be automated. Yeah. Um, just like the ports. Port of Brisbane is completely automated. Mm. There's like five people who work there now. Mm. There used to be hundreds of people there. And, and therefore, you know, we need to start thinking about what might happen next. Just like the Woolworths staff, where have mm. they gone? Well, that's that's kind of where I'm really interested because, um, I mean, I know unemployment goes up and down and we've had a you know, worldwide mm. pandemic which affects it, but you're not seeing it because innovation gradually grows that's right. across all industries. We've got better at it. You would think so would your unemployment, but it hasn't. It, we just haven't seen it. It's you know, fairly stable. Um, and so why though? Where are they going? I don't know. I can only assume there are just more employers. There's a lot of small business in Australia. Mm. Massive, massive numbers. Eighty-ish uh, percent of Australia of Queensland businesses are small businesses, mm. um, are micro businesses. Yep. So maybe they all bugger off and start their own jobs, and they're happy earning 60, 70 grand a year because they don't have to work that hard, maybe? Maybe. I'd I'm like, saying they, I don't know who they are, by the way. But I think it's I think it's perfectly plausible to think 
that instead of words, you know, let's just say hiring you know, 10,000 people, they now only have 5,000. The other 5,000 are now working for different employers who have um, created who've jobs. created businesses. You know, like money creates money and yeah. there's just because... It's weird, right? Because where do they go? You know, the, they being some unknown person that I can't identify. Mm. I actually don't know. And maybe they're just... Maybe it's the case that Woolworths have re kind of transitioned them into other roles to better their service in other ways. Yeah. I'm not so certain. I mean, I'm not seeing more people in the deli, for example. I'm not seeing more people in the bakery or whatever. Yeah, I don't but know maybe that. they're pumping it out quicker. Maybe there's more people in the back. You know, they do also have the pick and, um, pick and collect thing, which they didn't have before, which would be, you know, there's some stuff involved there. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know, but it is interesting. Um, I, you know, I worry about youth underemployment in these sort of environments, mm. and maybe most of the jobs that have been lost are from people who wouldn't normally... Because we only know unemployment numbers through the government sort of information mm. spaces. Like, they might be on Centrelink, or there might be this, might be that. Mm. There is a lot of people out there who don't do that. For instance, you might get someone who is... 20 years old, still living at home, being a student, loses their job, they just wait until the next job comes along. Well, I suppose I have some personal kind of experience in that because um, I suppose for the viewers that I was born and grew up for some of my childhood in South Africa and for very different reasons, a lot of the population don't work until they graduate. Right. So they don't have this, the idea of doing a casual job as a teenager and kind of earning a 200 bucks a week or whatever and you know partying or whatever just isn't a thing there like, mm. like none of my cousins none of my family worked until they kind of moved into the area of their career that they particularly wanted to go I'm into. not sure that's a great idea maybe I it's thought a... it was bad I thought it was a it's and it wasn't because they wanted to it wasn't because that's yeah just what the go is there it was yeah. just simply the Basically, there, there. The problem is. Is it because schooling takes so long? Because I know in a lot of Asian countries, they go to school like six days, six and a half days a week. So there's no problem, time to work. Their problem is simply their um, their minimum wage isn't. They don't have anywhere near the controls that Australia mm. does. So you can get away with paying, paying people like two bucks an hour. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like, like like third world country yeah. stuff here. Yeah. Um, and. Why would you hire a 17-year-old, both of which are going to pay way under what is a living wage, but let's just assume they both want to mm. earn that amount. Mm. Why would you earn that when you can get a 30-year-old who is a bit more stable, they're probably going to be a better worker? Oh, I see Why would you? So, because you've got all these basically older people who will mm. still work those jobs, um, they'll work that. A cafe, and they need it more. They do need so it. So they put up with far more. more likely to they, stay. They I think on most people would agree. You'd probably hire the thirty-year-old. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting, isn't which it? Which means there's just not that market for the um, for the young people, and I think it's really bad for them because it means you are here. You have someone who's going to be twenty-five years old. They're going to finish their accounting degree. Um, they're going to join um, a firm, a firm, big, big firm, whatever, perhaps. Um, and they've never worked a day in their life. Like, yeah. And, and we're not, I'm not exaggerating when I say never worked a day in their life. Yeah, it's a real cultural... They've never earned a dollar. It's a massive cultural shock, isn't it? I started my paper mm. run when mm. I was 10. Mm. 
uh, I'm no longer 10 but I've basically worked my whole life since I was 10 and you do get the sense of I don't know may maybe just putting up with shit you know like as an employee yeah, you just sometimes you just have to put up with shit yeah, you just you just have to put up with shit you know bad shit happens at work and yes I understand bullying is a problem so on and so forth but let's just set aside that and just say that your boss just tells you something tells you to get on with something and you don't want to do it mm. you just learn to get on with it I just yeah just kind of putting up with I don't I don't know I, I prefer I think I a, think it's great I think it's one of the loveliest things in Australia that see, most people most young people work see I don't think Australians work enough you reckon yeah because where I'm from, we work a lot more as mm. teenagers mm. and as young adults. Um, for instance, here in Australia, you can't get a job until you're over 14, 14. and three quarters yeah. or something weird like that. You're actually prohibited. Yep. Whereas in New Zealand, certainly when I was growing up, there was no time. I remember when I was doing my paper run, the guy put all the papers that I had for my paper run on that day. He put my bike on the side and he told me to pick it up and that was my job interview. So if I dropped my bike, I could still pick it up with all the papers mm. in it. And that was as, as good as, it, that was as old as I needed to be, as strong as I needed to be. And in England, it's very similar. You just kind of get on with it and you get your job and you, you get on with it. You work far more hours than you do here. Mm. And here there are restrictions on how many hours a student can work. Yeah. Whereas, I, I mean, I don't think have an issue with that though, because well, increases I think, your workforce. Oh, look, I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of things going on there. Like, it gives the person a chance to go to school without being too tired. It gives them a chance to get a bit of a wage without overdoing themselves. You're right, it, it, it diversifies the workforce. Instead of one person doing that job, there might be two or three. Look, the, how, there is no perfect balance. There is no perfect balance, but I... I just wish they started earlier. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about kind of exploitation? Well, I mean, we, already we, already have, have that. we already have exploitation. Yeah, gonna, it's already happening. Yeah, so, so if you're going to exploit someone, you're going to exploit. You're going to exploit, you're going to exploit. And to be honest, I think more international people get exploited than, than Australian young people. Young people. But um, certainly I don't want 6,000 emails about that. I, I think it's one of the nicest things about Australia that you can go to McDonald's and the person's um, serving you may be your doctor in 20 years time uh, like there's every chance that that person it might be I, the smartest person yeah you've ever met but it is a rite of passage isn't it it I is think, I, I i haven't done it because i wasn't i didn't come broke grow up here but every single one of my employees i don't know about you chris but mm. every single one of my other employees have worked at mcdonald's or kfc or you know burger king or you know joint. various takeaway joint at some point it, and I, it, it is a rite of passage here have you worked, which one have you worked? Which card do you have, you know? <laughs> and and I, I worked at a fast food job when I was in high school. I loved it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I look back and go, wow, I don't know. I was living off, you know, Having said that, I did pizza. Having said that, when I was a teenager, I did pizza. So I guess it's the same but different. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I miss most is the free, like... The free food. Free food. And the fast pace. And the music going, is everyone yelling? It's also, it's, it's actually quite full on and fun. It's a bit of a teamwork thing. Yeah, I, I like I it. I don't mind it, but... I mean, certainly employers actually look for it. I don't know if you've ever looked at, like, your HR, I, hiring I look things. at, yeah, I look at a want to work. That's where it's coming from. And, and that's where it comes from, this kind of, when did you start thinking about this? Mm. So, yeah, that, that's what I look for. Well, everyone, 
Before we get too far into a different topic, we'll let it go for today. Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed it and we'll uh, see you next time. See you next time. Thank you for watching.